the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And uh, holy mother of the gambling gods, uh, you want to talk about a bolt of lightning getting thrown right at the old keister, Lundy. That's what happened in the final minute, really about 90 seconds of game four of the NBA Finals. The Suns were cruising, man, to a cover. And then all of a sudden, the Bucks shifting to a high gear. Chris Ball's making all kinds of miscues. Jay Crowder is flopping all over the court. Uh, and ultimately, the Bucks with a miracle cover there in the end. So, did not go so well for us. We tried to warn people uh, about, you know, your heater that you're riding. And eventually, uh, you would be extinguished and you would certainly cool down. And uh, to a certain extent, uh, that was the case. The only bet I hit on last night was Cam Johnson. Bobby Portis fell by old Captain Hook, and Chris Paul didn't quite get over the hump with the assist because, again, he kept coughing up the damn basketball. So that was a brutal beat last night. Yeah, that was pretty ugly. I actually saw the stat. The cover, uh, Milwaukee covered for a grand total of 19 seconds uh, <laughs> of that game, Brad, believe it or not. Oh. Uh, but we did get, hey, we got the no sweat on Jay Crowder for a block. Yeah, we that? got, it got we tripled did. it, man. It's too bad he didn't points bet that bad boy. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good one and uh, did get Drew Holiday over on the rebounds. But, yes, that was just a strange game. First quarter where like it, it was like there was a lid on the hoop. I mean, nothing was going on right right there at the beginning of that game and I thought uh oh this is going to be a weird one and sure enough the he heater came B- to a stop yeah bye bye uh and the over died I think in the first like five minutes of yeah, number exactly. one so, <laughs> that's when people start chasing all right let's uh continue on with our preview of the 2021 NFL season and uh, looking at DraftKings Sportsbook uh they've got player props available for most interceptions thrown Lundy, it's kind of a fun category here. And uh, the leaders on this board, and it goes crazy deep. There's like 30 names on this list, so I'm not going to rattle off everybody. But Sam Darnold at 7-1 has the best odds of leading the NFL in interceptions. Tossed Jared Goff at 8-1. Ryan Fitzmagic also at 8-1. Zach Wilson, the rookie for the New York Jets, at 9-1. Jalen Hurts at 10-1. If I'm stacking my chips out of this group, for me, it's Jared Goffle. Absolutely at eight to one. He had 13 interceptions last season. That was a third most in the NFL, Uh, though. He had, you know, number 15 ranking and clean pocket percentage respectable there. Number 16 in catchable pass rate also respectable for him. But he was number 12 in interceptable passes and number nine in danger plays. So a guy that was trying to thread the needle. Too early, too often. Burned him at times last season. 13 times, as a matter of fact. And obviously, it's not always a quarterback's fault. Sometimes the receiver's not where he should be or it gets tipped and lands into the deft hands of the opponent. But, you know, you look at him going from L.A. to the Detroit Lions. uh, Major downgrade in weapons and arsenal, you might say. Going from Robert Woods and Cooper Cup to Bashad Perriman, likely your number one guy, although T.J. Hawkinson by default should be. And you go from the genius of the wonder kid Sean McVay to that of Anthony Lynn, who had his troubles uh, there in L.A. with the Chargers now overseeing the offense for the Lions. So, Pull it together, man. I think Jared Goffel is going to live down to his uh, not-so-savory nickname and lead the league in INTs at 8-1. You disagree. 
I like the eight to one, but if I'm going to tie up my money, Brad, let's do it with something that's got a little spicier payday. How oh, about okay. that? Yeah, let's How do about, it. Let's go with a guy who also had 13 INTs last year, but I can get him at 22 to one, and that's Kirk Cousins. Mm, all <laughs> so, right. I'm going it, to, and it's only because, like, eight to one's nice. I mean, I, we'll take an eight to one payday all day long. But if you could give me 22 to one on Captain Kirk uh, to cough it up a few too many times, I think if I'm going to tie up my money, I might lean towards him. Not going to lie. All right. Uh, you're going to go with the Vikings uh, quarterback skull. Uh, maybe that's going to score some cash for you at the 22 to one to lead the lead in, in uh, league and NITs. And he's an Iron Man. So that's also on the plus side for you because if you play 16 games, games or 17 games with the expanded season uh the better the odds that you have of hitting that over on the int so lundy's going with cousins at 22 to 1 i'm going with jared goffel at 8 to 1 we'll see who prevails in the end right now bartender on this hashtag tequila thursday pour me another edition of the fade five Number five. All right, Lundy, uh, sticking with the NFL player props theme uh, that we have addressed, uh, filling the black hole, the void of the sports desert on the calendar that we're currently in. And we're going to get to some picks in the rejoin of the baseball season as the you know storied rivalry between the Red Sox and the Yankees will get underway tonight. It's the only game on the docket. Uh, but until then, let's go with Joe Burrow. Over or under 26 and a half passing touchdowns. And I'm going to be on the under here at minus 120. I think this is a very well set line. I think Captain Hook, Yarmy Mateys, uh, is going to side in my favor for once. I think it's going to be 26 passing touchdowns on the dot. Now, I look at some of the prognostications that are out there. According to Mike Clay at ESPN, uh, he's kind of projected Burrow for 25 passing touchdowns. Jeff Ratcliffe of the Jeff Ratcliffe show on Sirius XM Fantasy has got him for 24 passing touchdowns. And that's with a hefty workload overall. 596 pass attempts for Clay, 600 pass attempts according to Ratcliffe's uh, projections and you look at Burrow last season you know pre-injury uh, against those fighting footballs that he suffered about mid-season he was QB 43 in red zone completion percentage QB 37 in deep ball adjusted completion percentage uh, though he had better touch on shorter intermediate throws yeah you bring in Jamar Chase to go along with T Higgins and Tyler Boyd yes the defense has some question marks but coming off that injury uh, it could be a bit of a sluggish start for the new school Joe Cool. So for that reason, again, I think it's 25, 26 passing touchdowns. Give me the under at minus 120. Fade or follow? Follow, my friend. I like two dozen. I'm just, I'm locking in on that 24 number for yep. Joe Burrow. I just think that's a solid spot that he's going to be at coming off the injury, wanting to make sure that, you know, he, he continues his growth for this team. I don't think they want to put too much pressure on his shoulders because of that. Try to keep the ball on the ground, try to do some safe uh, plays along the way, uh, especially getting down in the red zone. Don't make mistakes um, and just continue to try to build up on his growth and because of that i think this number stays down below like i said i'm feeling 24 which means i'm feeling good about a 26 and a half number and staying under yeah bank on the under with joe burrow number four all right moving on uh, let's talk about a wide receiver that has received a thunderous buzz of this offseason that is one cd lamp man that's more of a sheep, really, than a lamb that I think about it. But I'm, I'm going to side with CeeDee Lamb on the over 1,000.5 receiving yards, Lenny, at minus 115. This seems absurdly low to me. 
uh, for a player last year on 109 targets and 74 receptions, 935 yards and six touchdowns in 16 games. And remember, Dak Prescott played just a handful of contests after he suffered that gruesome lower leg injury. So it was uh, a little bit of Andy Dalton, even a little sprinkling of Ben DiNucci. Hey! for C.D. Lamb last season and a player that was wide receiver nine and fantasy points per snap with Dak on the field also averaged 14.9 yards per catch and 11.1 yards per target over the first five weeks with Prescott chucking him the pill. In fact, uh, the only time he crossed the century mark, which happened twice in his inaugural campaign last season, both were with Dak Prescott. And you got Amari Cooper, uh, who is slow going, coming off ankle surgery. We don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of training camp. And I would not be at all surprised if Cooper is limited in the early quarter portion of the regular season. So the stars seem to be aligning for CeeDee Lamb to have quite the breakthrough campaign. And I think he's going to smash the over here on 1,000.5 receiving yards at minus 115. You disagree. Fade or follow. No, I'm following on this one, and there's a couple other things that stand out to me with his stats. Obviously, without Dak out there, that made a really big difference. But if you look across his game log from 2020, there's three times, Brad, that he finished a game with less than 30 yards receiving, including the game against the Fighting Footballs where he had a goose egg. Yeah. He had five targets and no catches. That's not going to happen with Dak back out on the field. CeeDee Lamb is going to see his catches in these games. He's not going to log um, donuts across the board. And if you can hit 935, like he did last year with three pretty pedestrian games mixed in there. Um, and I don't see him doing that again coming up here in 2021. I think that plus a 17th game, I think he obliterates this number. I, I, I don't think there's going to be any question that he's going to knock it out of the park and get well up over a thousand yards. So give me the over on CD lamb. Uh, and I'm not even going to try to make a farm animal noise. <laughs> I can pull the string on your back and, and maybe it'll give me like a cow. Because CD is going to be a cash cow and big D this season. Number three. All right, let's move on to another NFL player prop. And it's, uh, you know, cue the Billy Idol. Flesh for fantasy. If you listen to the SiriusXM Fade the Noise program that Lundy and I are on, along with Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston, that's a theme song I have for one. Hashtag mandatory Montgomery. Yes, David Montgomery. And uh, this is also the subject of Montgomery is and this Rush Yards prop of today's Twitter poll at Noisy Wave. I'll submit your votes now and I will uh, release the results at the end of the pod and add some of your comments as well if you submit those. Uh, but here's a line for Dave Montgomery Rush Yards here coming off a breakout second half of the 2020 season. 1,000.5 Lundy Rush Yards at plus 100 on the over. Oh my God, yes, I'm hammering the over. Then again, I cannot speak objectively about my boy Mandatory Montgomery, but let me go ahead and paint the picture for you. I understand people are like, well, they have the softest schedule of any running back uh, down the home stretch last season, Evans. He's not particularly good. Well, a lot of the advanced analytics and really the eye test disagree with you. No player had more broken tackles last season at the running back position than mandatory Montgomery at 40 in total. He was top 15 in yak per attempt. That shows after contact per attempt. And what's really fascinating too, London, he was RB 33 in yards before contact per attempt. So he did not have a very well-blocked pathway most times a season ago, yet still on 247 carries, 1,070 yards. And we saw earlier this week Matt Nagy saying, our goal is to get Dave Montgomery 20 
carries per game. Now, of course, Script is going to have to determine that, but they've made investments in the offensive line. And once Justin Fields is inserted in the starting lineup and you have an RPO-based quarterback that can only help the ground game and particularly one David Montgomery. And no, I'm not worried about Damian Williams, and certainly I'm not worried about Tariq Cohen. You know where I'm going here. Uh, maybe more with my heart than my head, but way over 1,000.5 rush yards plus 100. Defy me. I'll take it on the plus odds, but first of all, those of you that know Brad know how he feels about Montgomery, so I don't even know why he bothers wondering what my opinion is uh, (laughs) on this particular part of the uh, Fade 5 today. This all comes down to whether you trust Matt Nagy. I know that you really don't. Um, Neither do I. Uh, But if you trust some of the verbiage, some of the stuff he's saying here early on, obviously it's mid-July, but if you trust what he's saying, that he wants to try to have Montgomery involved and that maybe there has been uh, a bit of a light that has come on in that moth-infested closet of a brain he has... uh, (laughs) Uh, then you can feel pretty good uh, that Monty's going to get up over this number. Uh, I think that 1,000 is very doable for him if they utilize him as the talent that he is out of the backfield. Looking at you, Matt Nagy and crew, make it happen. Montgomery is the guy that should be a focal point in this offense. Don't screw us over, Matt Nagy! Stick around for my top selections in the restart of the Major League Baseball season. Number two. All right, Lundy, let's go ahead and get back to it here. And let's uh, focus on this Boston and New York series. It is a rivalry, uh, really unlike any other in Major League Baseball. You know, Cubs and Cardinals uh, way up there. Cubs and Sox, you could also way up there uh, as well in terms of the rivalry scale. But uh, I'm going to take the over. On this game, uh, could it be played at you know in, in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium on nine and a half runs uh, at tape time? We have no idea uh, who's going to be toeing the rubber for the New York Yankees. Uh, undisclosed uh, at this current moment in time, who is going to be taking the ball for this franchise? But we know that Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be starting for the Boston Red Sox, a guy with a five point five two ERA, though the bearer of bad luck so far this year. And stick around here. Uh, with the next tick here in the Fade Five, might have a little something-something on Mr. Rodriguez. But uh, so far in six games this season in the series, it's gone over three. So, you know, split right down the middle. Uh, but both of Eduardo Rodriguez's starts, it went over on the nine-and-a-half total. Uh, the Red Sox, a 750 OPS in July. The Yankees have a 762 OPS against Southpaws, which Rodriguez most certainly is, averaging 4.2 runs per game. So, I'm sensing something like, I don't know, six to four, seven to three, something in that range for the final in this game. So, again, give me the over. Red Sox, Yankees, nine and a half total runs, minus 110, fade or follow. I will follow, but it's because of what you pointed out about how uh, uh, Rodriguez's numbers have been in, in terms of the totals in the games that he's started. Because at first I thought, you know, you're coming out of the break, maybe a little slow start, not quite feeling it. Maybe they don't quite get up to the 10 number that we need them to do. And then I looked back at the history of what they've done with Eduardo Rodriguez on this on the mound. So I'm going to roll with you on the follow. I think it's going to be close, though. I think this could be a bet sweat down the stretch. Ooh, let's pull up together. Take the over. Number one. Uh, Number one on the list today in the Fade Five. Going back to that Yankees-Red Sox matchup in prime time. I mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, and this is me just speculating on what the strikeout prop is likely going to be. It's either going to be five and a half, but more than likely it's going to be six and a half. And regardless of the number, I'm taking the over here. 
uh, against this Yankees club. Rodriguez in two turns this season uh, against the Bronx Bombers, eight strikeouts and seven strikeouts uh, in those two starts over an 11 and a third innings pitch. Now, he's only been over this six and a half strikeout number in seven of 17 turns in the Red Sox rotation. I mentioned the 5.52 ERA, but he has, again, uh, not had the rabbit's foot in the pocket because you look at the XFIP, uh, that is field independent pitching. His ERA should be hovering around 3.37. Uh, you know, he doesn't walk a whole lot of guys. The home run ball has bitten him on occasion. But you look at the Yankees, uh, top 14 in strikeout rate of any major league team over the last 30 days. So they are occasionally a little free swinging. And again, given the proven results from Rodriguez earlier this year against this club, I think he gets to seven strikeouts yet again. So fade or follow over Eduardo Rodriguez, that over six and a half strikeouts prop. Lundy? I will I will go with you on this one as well. Let's make it a five for five on a tequila Thursday. Why not? I'm happy to have live sports back that actually matter. I've been enjoying. There were tea times, Brad, at 3 a.m. Eastern time for the Open uh, across the pond. I mean, we have some sports going on, especially for those of you that are either on strange uh, narcotics or uh, work the late shift. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff going on, and I'm happy to have some real baseball back that we can bet on. So I'm going to roll with this one, and let's see him fan at least seven in tonight's game. Oh, yeah, let's pop a molly and uh, take some overs and let's let it ride. Howdy. Howdy. (laughs) All right, man, before we get out of here, let's do some bonus time. Anything else out there you like? I'm going to give you three bonus times. Brad, you know know how I feel about tying up my money, but I'm going to throw a couple out there, two from baseball and one from game five in the NBA coming up here on Saturday. First one, uh, give me Boston to be the division winner for the AL East. I think that the Red Sox are going to be the ones that take the division, and it's really the only divisional battle um, where the odds are kind of clustered together. So our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston to win the division is at a minus 110. Then I am going to zag when everybody else zigs, Brad. I'm going to take the Giants to win the NL West wow. at a plus 425. I just think San Francisco has shown historically that they get really creative at the trade deadline. They know what to do to be able to pack in their team uh, and help themselves out. So the Dodgers are like a minus 225 or something like that. But I'm going to get seduced by the juice that maybe the Giants surprise everybody, do just the right moves at the deadline, and I'll take them at a plus 425. And then I found this one this morning, Brad. You and I love the odds boost, right? Yes, sir. Well, the odds boost we've got for Saturdays Game five in the desert. Phoenix to be the first team to reach 10 points in that game, minus 115. Mm. I'll take that. I like Phoenix to come out hot being back home in front of that raucous crowd. Yeah, I'm hoping. I originally predicted uh, Phoenix in six. I'm sticking to that, but I think this thing's got to go the full measure. It's going to be a seven-game series here in the end after it uh, got you know tied up, uh, netted a 2-2 uh, between the Suns and the Bucks. I've only got one bonus time, and there's no prop yet posted on this individual, but I think DJ LeMayhew scores a run tonight for the New York Yankees against Eduardo Rodriguez, a guy in 19 career at-bats. He's hitting 315 against, and if you look over the last 30 days, LeMahieu's stroking a 292 batting average with an 820 OPS. So, you know, if it's a plus odds, even uh, lower minus odds, like minus 110, minus 120, I'd be all over LeMahieu applying foot 
to plate. And with that, oh, here are the poll results on my boy Mandatory Montgomery. Again, over or under 1,000.5 rush yards, plus 100 on the over, minus 130 on the under. And with 287 votes, ah, yes, the over prevails, 67.2% to 32.8%. Uh, David Voth adds, I've had a hard time trusting Nagy, I feel you, bro, and letting him run the ball. But Nagy's comments this week about running the ball being a, quote, Chicago thing is worrisome. If the Bears don't have success running early, I can see him abandon the run game. So he's concerned a little bit of skittishness there. Uh, Mitch Carl added just one word, over, all in caps. With you, Mitch. Love you for that one. Uh, and that is a wrap on this edition of the Vay the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. You can follow me there at Noisy Wavers. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.